The Bible, the book that has changed the world by changing lives around the world. Men and women, young and old, the Bible has changed my life. The love, stability, and hope that I need, they're all found in the Bible. The Bible gives me hope that a new day is coming. The Bible is helping me see what really matters. The Bible Live is a -a one-of-a-kind, first-time-in-history radio program. Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible, every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host. A full-blooded Apache Indian, born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth. Soapy Dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller, then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old. Placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys, Soapy Dollar heard the Bible's life-changing message at the age of eight, and the course of his life was changed. He's an American Indian guitar play it all around rodeo cowboy. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. With more degrees than a thermometer and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Sophie Dollar. Bum, 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 ba doom. Yes, indeedy. That's not a drum roll, is it? (laughs) Hi, everybody. Welcome aboard for this edition of the Bible Live broadcast. We're going to continue our way right on through this uh, oldest of the books of the Bible, the book of Job, set before Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. This probably took place early on in the time of the patriarchs, back in the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, long before the law had been established. So this is an old, old book, and it shows a man responding to what he knew of God from the witness of nature. Nature has been called the oldest testament. You know, we have the Old Testament beginning with Genesis and the New Testament beginning with Matthew. Then you have the oldest testament, God's self-revelation through his creation, through nature itself. And of course, uh, when we talk about the oldest testament, we talk about God's witness of himself through nature. We're not only talking about the sun, the moon, the stars, the seasons, the macro creation, the big, huge picture that we see, but we're also talking about the micro. We're talking about down to the cells and the molecular level and atoms and the beauty and the amazement of natural law at every level from macro to micro. But then also beyond just that, we're talking about ourselves, about human beings, the wonder that we are. We are part of that witness of God. We are created in his image. And so therefore what Job had to work on was, of course, what he saw out in nature, but also he looked at his own life and his own longings and His aspirations for immortality, for example. If a man dies, shall he live again? There's been this universal and constant longing for life beyond this life, a spiritual realm, a spiritual existence. And then, of course, there's also that idea of right and wrong, good and evil, 
That is also a part of God's revelation of himself. He also planted that in our hearts. All of those three are what we call general revelation. The writer of Psalm 19 about God's witness day to day shining forth through nature. Psalm 8 is another psalm. Romans 1 and 2 talk about the witness of nature. This is what Job had to go on. He didn't have the Bible. He didn't have all these wonderful doctrines. The Messiah, the Redeemer that he longed for, has not yet come in history. So all he had to respond to was the revelation that God gave of himself in nature, deep inside his own self. What a powerful picture we are receiving of how much people could glean from that revelation that God gave us. Well, before we go back to the book of Job, though, let's go to our Wisdom and Worship segment. We're going to pick up at Psalm 100 tonight on The Bible Live. Psalm 100. Shout with joy to the Lord, O earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are His. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. End of reading. Psalm 100. You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. I hope he's made you glad and making you glad these days. The God of the Bible brings great joy, delight, peace to our lives, fulfillment, satisfaction, purpose, significance, all of those longings that we have as human beings, we find them in our relationship with the creator of the universe, the one who made us all, who put this ball we call planet Earth, made it spin and go around this great sun, created this galaxy. He has done all of this, and he has created you and me, this human race, so that he could draw out from the human race a people for himself, people who long for him and love him, who delight in him, who enjoy him, who want him to be their God and they to be his people. That is what God is seeking. That is the priority. That is what God is doing in planet Earth, in our human history. He is not setting all things right yet. He is not obliterating, destroying wickedness and evil and judging the wicked yet. God isn't doing that as of yet. This time is a time of harvest. He's doing some of that, of course, we know just on a natural basis, that goodness and generosity and all of the, those elements that accompany knowing God, integrity, truth-telling, and so on, those do tend to make for a better life. They do make for a happier life, a more successful life. There's no doubt about it. But it's not a 100% guarantee. Good people sometimes get caught up in the suffering and the difficulties and the travails of this world where good and evil coexist in the battle for men's souls. This is part of the background for the book of Job. Job's friends, they all have the idea that, and maybe even Job at the beginning, 
that if you're good and, and righteous, everything will always go well for you. You'll never have any problems. And that is a mindset, that's an idea that is being destroyed by the book of Job. We are being set straight that wrongs will be made right. God will judge, but not in this lifetime. In eternity, he'll do that. But on planet Earth, good and evil coexist. And sometimes we will suffer, even good people. We're seeing that in the life and the story of this man named Job. So let's go to that now. We're going to pick up in chapter 25. Bildad, one of Job's friends, is the first Job to talk one tonight. Through 3140, Job 25. Then Bildad the Shuhite replied, God is powerful and dreadful. He enforces peace in the heavens. Who is able to count his heavenly army? Does his light not shine on all the earth? How can a mere mortal stand before God and claim to be righteous? Who in all the earth is pure? God is so glorious that even the moon and stars scarcely shine compared to Him. How much less are mere people who are but worms in His sight. Job 26 Then Job spoke again, How you have helped the powerless! How you have saved a person who has no strength! How you have enlightened my stupidity! What wise things you have said! Where have you gotten all these wise sayings? Whose spirit speaks through you? The dead tremble in their place beneath the waters. The underworld is naked in God's presence. There is no cover for the place of destruction. God stretches the northern sky over empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. He wraps the rain in his thick clouds, and the clouds do not burst with the weight. He shrouds his throne with his clouds. He created the horizon when he separated the waters. He set the boundaries for day and night. The foundations of heaven tremble at his rebuke. By his power the sea grew calm. By his skill he crushed the great sea monster. His spirit made the heavens beautiful, and his power pierced the gliding serpent. These are some of the minor things he does, merely a whisper of his power. Who can understand the thunder of his power? Job 27 Job continued speaking. I make this vow by the living God, who has taken away my rights, by the Almighty, who has embittered my soul. As long as I live, while I have breath from God, my lips will speak no evil, and my tongue will speak no lies. I will never concede that you are right. Until I die, I will defend my innocence. I will maintain my innocence without wavering. My conscience is clear for as long as I live." May my enemy be punished like the wicked, my adversary like evil men. For what hope do the godless have when God cuts them off and takes away their life? Will God listen to their cry when trouble comes upon them? Can they take delight in the Almighty? Can they call to God at any time? I will teach you about God's power. I will not conceal anything that concerns the Almighty. But I don't need to, for you yourselves have seen all this. Yet you are saying all these useless things to me. This is what the wicked will receive from God. This is their inheritance from the Almighty. If they have a multitude of children, their children will die in war or starve to death. Those who survive will be brought down to the grave by a plague, with no one to mourn them, not even their wives. Evil people may have all the money in the world, and they may store away mounds of clothing. But the righteous will wear that clothing, and the innocent will divide all that money. The houses built by the wicked are as fragile as a spider web, as flimsy as a shelter made of branches. 
The wicked go to bed rich, but wake up to find that all their wealth is gone. Terror overwhelms them, and they are blown away in the storms of the night. The east wind carries them away, and they are gone. It sweeps them away. It swirls down on them without mercy. They struggle to flee from its power, but everyone jeers at them and mocks them. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Job 28. People know how to mine silver and refine gold. They know how to dig iron from the earth and smelt copper from stone. They know how to put light into darkness and explore the farthest, darkest regions of the earth as they search for ore. They sink a mine shaft into the earth far from where anyone lives. They descend on ropes, swinging back and forth. Bread comes from the earth, but below the surface the earth is melted as by fire. People know how to find sapphires and gold dust, treasures that no bird of prey can see, no falcon's eye observe, for they are deep within the mines. No wild animal has ever walked upon those treasures. No lion has set his paw there. People know how to tear apart flinty rocks and overturn the roots of mountains. They cut tunnels in the rocks and uncover precious stones. They dam up the trickling streams and bring to light the hidden treasures. But do people know where to find wisdom? Where can they find understanding? No one knows where to find it, for it is not found among the living. It is not here, says the ocean, nor is it here, says the sea. It cannot be bought for gold or silver. Its value is greater than all the gold of Ophir, greater than precious onyx stone or sapphires. Wisdom is far more valuable than gold and crystal. It cannot be purchased with jewels mounted in fine gold. Coral and valuable rock crystal are worthless in trying to get it. The price of wisdom is far above pearls. Topaz from Ethiopia cannot be exchanged for it. Its value is greater than the purest gold. But do people know where to find wisdom? Where can they find understanding? For it is hidden from the eyes of all humanity. Even the sharp-eyed birds in the sky cannot discover it. But destruction and death say, We have heard a rumor of where wisdom can be found. God surely knows where it can be found, for He looks throughout the whole earth, under all the heavens. He made the winds blow and determined how much rain should fall. He made the laws of the rain and prepared a path for the lightning. Then, when he had done all this, he saw wisdom and measured it. He established it and examined it thoroughly. And this is what he says to all humanity. The fear of the Lord is true wisdom. To forsake evil is real understanding. Job 29 Job continued speaking, I long for the years gone by when God took care of me when he lighted the way before me and I walked safely through the darkness. In my early years, the friendship of God was felt in my home. The Almighty was still with me, and my children were around me. In those days, my cows produced milk in abundance, and my olive groves poured out streams of olive oil. Those were the days when I went to the city gate and took my place among the honored leaders. The young stepped aside when they saw me, and even the aged rose in respect at my coming. The princes stood in silence and put their hands over their mouths. The highest officials of the city stood quietly, holding their tongues in respect. All who heard of me praised me. All who saw me spoke well of me. For I helped the poor in their need and the orphans who had no one to help them. I helped those who had lost hope, and they blessed me. And I caused the widows' hearts to sing for joy. 
All I did was just and honest. Righteousness covered me like a robe, and I wore justice like a turban. I served as eyes for the blind and feet for the lame. I was a father to the poor and made sure that even strangers received a fair trial. I broke the jaws of godless oppressors and made them release their victims. I thought, surely I will die surrounded by my family after a long good life. For I am like a tree whose roots reach the water, whose branches are refreshed with the dew. New honors are constantly bestowed on me, and my strength is continually renewed. Everyone listened to me and valued my advice. They were silent as they waited for me to speak. And after I spoke, they had nothing to add, for my counsel satisfied them. They longed for me to speak as they longed for rain. They waited eagerly, for my words were as refreshing as the spring rain. When they were discouraged, I smiled at them. My look of approval was precious to them. I told them what they should do and presided over them as their chief. I lived as a king among his troops and as one who comforts those who mourn. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Job 30. But now I am mocked by those who are younger than I, by young men whose fathers are not worthy to run with my sheepdogs. A lot of good they are to me, those worn-out wretches. They are gaunt with hunger and flee to the deserts and the wastelands, desolate and gloomy. They eat coarse leaves and they burn the roots of shrubs for heat. They are driven from civilization and people shout after them as if they were thieves. So now they live in frightening ravines and in caves and among the rocks. They sound like animals as they howl among the bushes. They huddle together for shelter beneath the nettles. They are nameless fools, outcasts of civilization. And now their sons mock me with their vulgar song. They taunt me. They despise me and won't come near me except to spit in my face. For God has cut the cords of my tent. He has humbled me, so they have thrown off all restraint. These outcasts oppose me to my face. They send me sprawling. They lay traps in my path. They block my road and do everything they can to hasten my calamity, knowing full well that I have no one to help me. They come at me from all directions. They rush upon me when I am down. I live in terror now. They hold me in contempt, and my prosperity has vanished as a cloud before a strong wind. And now my heart is broken. Depression haunts my days. My weary nights are filled with pain, as though something were relentlessly gnawing at my bones. With a strong hand, God grabs my garment. He grips me by the collar of my tunic. He has thrown me into the mud. I have become as dust and ashes. I cry to you, O God, but you don't answer me. I stand before you, and you don't bother to look. You have become cruel toward me. You persecute me with your great power. You throw me into the whirlwind and destroy me in the storm. And I know that you are sending me to my death, the destination of all who live. Surely no one would turn against the needy when they cry for help. Did I not weep for those in trouble? Was I not deeply grieved for the needy? So I looked for good, but evil came instead. I waited for the light, but darkness fell. My heart is troubled and restless. Days of affliction have come upon me. I walk in gloom without sunlight. I stand in the public square and cry for help. But instead, I am considered a brother to jackals, 
and a companion to ostriches. My skin has turned dark, and my bones burn with fever. My harp plays sad music, and my flute accompanies those who weep. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Job 31. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust upon a young woman. What has God above chosen for us? What is our inheritance from the Almighty on high? It is calamity for the wicked, misfortune for those who do evil. He sees everything I do and every step I take. Have I lied to anyone or deceived anyone? Let God judge me on the scales of justice, for He knows my integrity. If I have strayed from His pathway, or if my heart has lusted for what my eyes have seen, or if I am guilty of any other sin, then let someone else harvest the crops I have planted, and let all that I have planted be uprooted. If my heart has been seduced by a woman, or if I have lusted for my neighbor's wife, then may my wife belong to another man. May other men sleep with her. For lust is a shameful sin, a crime that should be punished. It is a devastating fire that destroys to hell. It would wipe out everything I own. If I have been unfair to my male or female servants, if I have refused to hear their complaints, how could I face God? What could I say when He questioned me about it? For God created both me and my servants. He created us both. Have I refused to help the poor or crushed the hopes of widows who looked to me for help? Have I been stingy with my food and refused to share it with hungry orphans? No, from childhood I have cared for orphans, and all my life I have cared for widows. Whenever I saw someone who was homeless and without clothes, did they not praise me for providing wool clothing to keep them warm? If my arm has abused an orphan because I thought I could get away with it, then let my shoulder be wrenched out of place. Let my arm be torn from its socket. That would be better than facing the judgment sent by God. For if the majesty of God opposes me, what hope is there? Have I put my trust in money or felt secure because of my gold? Does my happiness depend on my wealth and all that I own? Have I looked at the sun shining in the skies or the moon walking down its silver pathway and been secretly enticed in my heart to worship them? If so, I should be punished by the judges, for it would mean I had denied the God of heaven. Have I ever rejoiced when my enemies came to ruin, or become excited when harm came their way? No, I have never cursed anyone or asked for revenge. My servants have never let others go hungry. I have never turned away a stranger, but have opened my doors to everyone. Have I tried to hide my sins as people normally do, hiding my guilt in a closet? Have I feared the crowd and its contempt, so that I refused to acknowledge my sin and would not go outside? If only I had someone who would listen to me and try to see my side. Look, I will sign my name to my defense. Let the Almighty show me that I am wrong. Let my accuser write out the charges against me. I would face the accusation proudly. I would treasure it like a crown, for I would tell him exactly what I have done. I would come before him like a prince. If my land accuses me and all its furrows weep together, or if I have stolen its crops or murdered its owners, then let thistles grow on that land instead of wheat and weeds instead of barley. Job's words are ended. End of reading Job 25, 1 through 31, 40. Blessed be your name When the sun's shining down on 
This is the Bible Live. Thou shalt not go away. All right. The three friends have given three speeches each now. Tonight, Bildad gave his third speech. Just a very brief word from Bildad. Job answers Bildad in chapter 26 and goes right on into his final speech. Is the longest speech of the book, chapters 26 through 31. He does respond later only briefly, though, to God's message to his heart, which is recorded there in chapters 38 through 41. Job is sitting there, a man who has incredible suffering, covered with boils. He has suffered the loss of his ten children, the loss of his homes, his property, his possessions, his herds. He's been raided. He's been robbed. Terrible calamities. He sits in agony. We don't know how much time has passed during these conversations. We do know that he indeed is innocent. Sin is not causing these problems. Job is not claiming to be morally, ethically perfect. He's only claiming that he has dealt honestly with God about his sins and that his sins did not cause his problems. And we know that to be true because remember at the beginning when God pulled back the curtain and we know that that is true. They are actually wrestling here with a very advanced spiritual concept positionally, legally, before the judgment throne of God. Our legal standing is that of being totally innocent, declared by God to be righteous and perfect and clean and pure based on the work of this Redeemer that Job has been crying out for. I know that my Redeemer lives, he claimed in chapter 19. Human beings who come to him humbly in repentance and trust in him God applies to us the finished work of the Redeemer and that we are indeed declared to be perfect. We are declared to be holy and righteous, but it's not our own perfection. We are clothed in the perfection and the righteousness and the holiness of Messiah who purchased our redemption, who has taken upon himself our sin and clothed us in his righteousness. If you looked at your own life experience, how do you feel about the problem of sin and wickedness and selfishness that exists in all of our lives? How do you stand before God? You know, we've talked a little bit about tonight, Job talking about the fact that by God's grace and mercy, by faith, he felt he was right before God because God had atoned, God had forgiven his sin. Do you have that certainty? Do you have that comfort of knowing that in spite of your sin and your unworthiness, that God, by his work of redemption, carried out through Jesus the Messiah, that you are willing to receive his forgiveness, his cleansing, so that you can be positionally, legally right before God, part of the people of God, the family of God, and have the assurance that he's working in your life to bring that goodness and that righteousness into your daily experience. That's called salvation. Receive it tonight. Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Kendall Hawk Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now, don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.